You are tired of average. You want more out of life. You know you're capable of something greater. This show will help you become resilient in your home, at work, and in your community. Welcome to the Resilient Humans Podcast with your host, Kevin Wood. Welcome to your Resilient Humans Podcast, and we have a special guest today. It's Cindy O'Donnell. She's been, I don't know how long we've known each other, but it's been a long time, uh, probably like mid-2000s, I think. I'd say, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. (laughs) I would say that you are a, almost like a serial entrepreneur. You've, it's just been, you you just head first into businesses, and have you ever had a job that wasn't created by yourself? I have had, um, I've had many jobs, <laughs> actually. Okay. So as much as I am currently or have been a serial entrepreneur, I was also in my young age, a serial uh, employee. I gotcha, gotcha. Three, four jobs at the same time often. <laughs> so I didn't know you back then. I've only known you since you've <laughs> stepped into the entrepreneurial world. Um, but yeah, everything that you touch basically turns to gold. And uh, it's been an awesome um, to watch you kind of grow and develop all these amazing businesses throughout your years. So um, can you give us a little rundown? Like what, what got you started in, uh, in this entrepreneurial type of world? Well, I think it was just from a young age. Um, my dad was a politician, right? So very young, just following him around the community, following him um, during his campaigns. And I really enjoyed meeting a variety of people. Um, I love the idea of making a difference in the world, impacting communities. So it was very much a part of my core values at a young age. Um, like I said, went on to have many different jobs from like flight attendant to call centers. I worked in tech. Like it's just, there was not even like a common thread in all my jobs. Um, but the one thing that was in common is that I really enjoyed people. So eventually um, what led me into entrepreneurship was actually, um, I was pregnant. I knew I was gonna be a single mom. Uh, I was 22 years old and I was working in the tourism industry, which is, 24 seven and daycares are not open 24 seven. So it was like, okay, what now? So packed up my, uh, he wasn't even quite one at the time, one year old moved to Fredericton. I was from Moncton. So two hours away, uh, baby on my hip and went to massage therapy school and the rest is history. Yeah. How long were you a massage therapist for? Uh, so officially 17 years now, uh, I'm still a registered massage therapist. So I'm still keeping that, uh, definitely in my back pocket. Cause it's something that I love. Um, but yeah, 17 years. I'm pretty sure the first time, uh, one of the first times we met, I was on your table and you made me cry. Uh, <laughs> you worked on my calves and they were super tight back then. And there were tears flowing out of my face. So I don't know if you remember that, but it was a very vivid moment for me. So, well, I have that effect on people. Ironically, I moved on to specialize my training in things like um, craniosacral therapy and somatic emotional release. So releasing, um, you know, energy from the body, uh, emotions from the tissues. So I still make people cry all the time, just maybe not from a deep tissue massage. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so after, or I guess there's some, been some things since uh, you went to massage school, kind of what, what happened after that? Ooh, what didn't happen after that? <laughs> Tons of things happened. Um, I 
which which story shall we begin with? Yeah, so um, <laughs> f- uh, I guess one of the big things is you owned a, a float um, relaxation center, basically uh, in Moncton here. Um, yes. So tell me about that. What what sparked your interest in in starting that in the first place, and kind of what what happened from there? So really interesting um, chain of events. I was at a leadership seminar and just unpacking, if you wish, or unprocessing um, trauma and grief and a lot of things that I had gone through my personal journey. And I had this like aha moment of, I want to do something different. I want to bring something into the community that has never been done before that'll have an impact. And a friend of mine said, hey, have you heard of float pods? I'm like, have I heard of what? And like float pods, float therapy. And I was like, no, tell me more. And and he goes on to explain that it's these sensory deprivation tanks that promote pure relaxation. You're in zero gravity. Uh, Like he's just going on and on about this. And I'm like, I'm sold. And then I quick Google search later and I see that it helps with things like PTSD, um, which I had a lot of my clients that, that have PTSD. And what really sold me is it said it was one of the number one therapies that people were looking into for autism. And I have, my son is on the spectrum. So it was like, I feel like he, it's funny now looking back, my son has been like the one who subconsciously has always led me into these new projects. Cause when I got pregnant, went back to school, um, looked up float pods, it can help him. It was like a craniosacral therapy, it can help him. So it's really funny how, um, although I was a young parent and everyone said like, your life is going to forever change. And, you know, cause I was a party girl and they're like, you're not going to party anymore. And it's like, I created my own different kind of party. Right. <laughs> um, so that's what really planted the seed for the float pods. And then I came home from that seminar and juggled with it, played with it for a while, but my dad was sick. He was terminally ill. He had, um, cancer and I was his next of kin. So mom and I were his primary caregivers. So energetically, I, I didn't have the energy to, to open a new business. It just, it wasn't in the cards for that time. Um, so after dad passed, it just made sense. It's like, okay, it's time to do something for me. It's time to do something. And, you know, I wanted to make him proud. I wanted like, let's do something that, that would create a difference. So went to look at different buildings and found one that was just perfect, but it was just a shell and just started the dream. So I designed the entire place myself. I hired any of my friends that had businesses, they were hired. Like my contractor was um, one of my good friends who had built a house for me before. Um, My good friend, we we call ourselves Pinterest interior designers, right? Like uh, she helped me. We went out to pick all the fixtures and everything. It was really a hands-on project. And looking back, it's really funny. It took nine months from start to finish. So it was like, it was literally my baby. Um, Very much a community project from like day one, just involving uh, people. We we partnered with you guys at, at CrossFit, which was amazing. And uh, funny enough, that was like one of the first times I really had to reach out and ask for help. So Kevin, uh, I must say you contributed to my healing <laughs> of asking for help because I was like, there's no way we can lift these pods by ourselves. <laughs> who, are, who are some strong people in Moncton that don't mind <laughs> lifting heavy shit? Oh, I know. Right. right. I Kevin's don't die. Got, Kevin's got some people. <laughs> and I mean, sure enough, like 
never laughed so much seeing you guys move these pods into the spa um just like okay guys one two three let's go and like just lift it it seemed effortless like anyways it was it was really fun to see so many people um coming together and then um just the people coming in for sessions and treatments and and getting to know people like to provide it was important for me so side note i was a flight attendant and i had visited lots of luxury hotels and where we are in new brunswick there weren't a lot of luxury establishments if you wish and i felt that everyone deserves to feel that like to feel what it feels like to walk into a place that's like five star that the service is impeccable that it's super clean that it's um just to feel that so we created a very five-star luxury spa but with affordable pricing and and that was part of our core values our other core value was that the retail section was all going to be uh canadian made as much as possible from women entrepreneurs so i had a lot of core values that to a lot of the the traditional business people they said like that makes no sense like you need to make money it, and I quickly learned that in the business world, a lot of people are about dollars and I'm about people. And, and that's when hiccups started to happen. Yeah. We, we've had that talk within the CrossFit space as well as if you, if you chase money. So if you're down here and you're chasing money, you can go in a lot of different directions. But if you chase excellence, it's going to lead towards the money or it's going to lead towards profit. So basically mm -hmm. how, how can you make your product or service the most excellent thing possible and, you know, basing it around making a difference, having an impact, uh, being around the people that's, you know, generally a, a great way to lead towards excellence. I love that. So I guess we, we know that you're, you're not in that business anymore. <laughs> um, nope. and I believe this is part of the the resilience piece. I, I don't know if you saw it during that time, but we can always look back hindsight's 2020 and see that there is some really shining lights of resilience coming through that story. So can, can you kind of take me through that? Yeah, for sure. And, and just as a side note, this is going to be super special as an episode, because it's the first time that I share this story publicly. Um, because it took a lot of healing. It took a lot of, um, you know, there was a lot of shame. There was a lot of not wanting to throw anybody under the bus, um, fear of another lawsuit. Like it, it was, it was a lot to unpack. So we were in business, um, almost, we, we almost hit three years, I think, or two. See, now it's, it's all a blur. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but during that time, what was really, again, what was really special is like, we raised money for for charity we raised over twenty five thousand dollars for local charities and to me like that we did that in our first year in business so to me that was just such a huge accomplishment and and i had you know my staff became my friends and it was just like this it was this like a family looking back you know a little bit culty but that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, so things were going good. And when things are going good, you know, people, uh, again, this, this, this seed gets planted of like, okay, but you're in Moncton. And I, I know that listeners who aren't from around here won't know the difference between Moncton and Dieppe, but it's just 
same but different right and people were like well someone's probably going to open one in that area and then it's going to like kibosh your business so i was like no you know what we've got a good thing going let's you know let's not rock the boat and then a lot of people would be coming in for services and saying oh i'm gonna like i'm gonna open one of these and, and just you know in dieppe and a lot of times and and this is where I love how you told me before this episode, I'm your first female guest. This is where I've had to heal a lot of like the, the male and female, you know, because it was it was businessmen, right? Young men with money, with connections, with the bro club that I didn't have. So I got scared. I got really scared. I was like, this is my baby and, and someone with more money, with more skills. Like I was this was a big project. This was my first really big business with um, staff and, and and all that. Like all my other businesses were usually like I, I flew solo. So I got really scared. So I was like, okay, we're, we're going to make it. We're going to open the second location. And uh, <laughs> hindsight, as you say, is like, should have never done that. Um, where would we be today? Who knows? But everything works out in the end. We'll We'll, we'll go to that after, but it all circles back. Um, it all circles back. So we, we go to open our second location and, um, I had doubts, I had fears and I go speak with the landlord and he says, you know what, we're going away on vacation. There was this perfect spot for the second location that, that was available. So I was like, okay, um, we need to do this. And he says, we're going on vacation in a few days. So if you want in, you need, you need to sign now. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to sign now. Like I, I, I've still got to crunch the numbers. I've got, I've got to see if logistically this makes sense, but like, I don't want to miss out on this great place. And then he shares this story of, of him and my dad. And keep in mind, my dad had freshly just passed. And he says, you know what, your dad, um, I wanted to start a business and nobody believed in me and, and nobody believed in my project. And I went to your dad um, because he was in politics and I told him my story and your dad was a strong believer in the underdog and he, he pushed the right buttons and he, he talked to the right people and he made it happen. And, and I'm forever grateful for your dad for that. So just know, like, we can sign this, but like, if anything changes or, you know, if I, I'm here for you, like, I, I feel like this is your dad giving me an opportunity to pay back what he did for me. So, you know, I've uh, since learned about coercion and, and things like that. Like, <laughs> I've since learned a lot of things about manipulation and, and whatever, but again i was like you know what this guy this guy means it like he looked me in the eye he shook my hand he gave me this story i was like Let, let's do this let's do this. so we did we signed the lease and we opened our our second location yeah i was there for part of it <laughs> i think we brought in some more pods <laughs> for you guys <laughs> right you brought them in you brought them out i feel like you've moved pods a whole lot for me <laughs> i've become very intimate i've been in them and outside of them <laughs> Right. That could be a new workout of the day, right? Like move yes. some pods. That could be. <laughs> I think they just posted there. They're like, how much, how much weight of salt do we put in these? And I'm like, I know. Cause I've lifted that salt. I know. <laughs> it's a anyway. thousand pounds of Epsom salt. Ridiculous. Anyway. It is. Um, yeah. It's, I could tell, I could hear the emotion when you were talking about that because it's still, I can tell it it still strikes a nerve with you. Like, mm -hmm. do you feel like, 
I don't want to, I don't want to put words in your mouth. How did that make you feel during that time? So when we opened the second location, um, it felt good, but very early on, like it felt off. Um, it, it just, there was just something and side note, uh, like I'm an energy practitioner and, and very intuitive person. So, you know, your spidey senses are just like, something's not quite right. Um, and then there was other things that he had done to, I found out like to previous tenants to like there, it was messy. It was messy from day one, but what do you do as, you know, as a resilient human? And I was always praised for my resiliency my entire life. So it's like, I can't just quit. I can't just back down or it's too late now. Let's keep pushing. So I, I essentially was pushing myself to complete burnout. Um, there's a saying now, like I girl bossed too close to the sun. <laughs> like I really, um, I was trying to run two locations. Uh, sometimes we were short staffed. There was at one point in time, I, I remember very vividly in this, this, yeah, it does bring back emotions. It was like, I had to be at the Moncton location at the Dieppe location and picking up my kid from school all at the same time. And I was like, I was going to cry, but then I was at the front desk and I was like, just breathe and you've got this. And I was like, I've got this. I mean, let's not swear on your podcast, but what the F like, I've got this. No, I don't like, I just, I it don't, but I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And interestingly enough, there's one day, and this was like a day that is forever marked in my heart and soul. And it's, it's what makes me realize uh, and we'll get to why why it closed why it all came crumbling why my empire came crumbling after but but this pivotal moment made me realize okay this is why it came crumbling like and this is what has allowed me to forgive this gentleman and, and to move on is there was a moment where i was so exhausted i had i was literally working 20 plus hours a day sometimes there's a pod to fix over here. There's someone calling sick over there. Your kid needs you. It was just like, it was so overwhelming. And I had to rush home for something. And I went up the stairs. And when I went to go down the stairs, now keep in mind, this wasn't following a CrossFit workout. So my, my legs should have been working. My legs let go. My entire lower body shut down and I fell down the stairs. And I'm at the bottom of the staircase. And I'm just sobbing. Now, I'll say this, it is very embarrassing, but I will say it. <laughs> it shut my body shut down to the point where I pissed myself. That's how burnt out I was. That's how depleted I was. And in that moment, you would think that you would say, okay, enough's enough. But I was so resilient that I said, you need to take a quick shower and change and keep going. And I did. And looking back now, I'm like, what were you thinking? <laughs> like, what? But it at the time it made sense. It's what I had to do. Who does that? <laughs> like, <laughs> So where, it, it sounds like there were, okay. So a couple of things. One, when you open a second location and all these things are happening, there's almost this expectation either from others or from you that this is exciting. Like I have to be excited. I have to be going, you know, do, do, do all the things. Right. And then even in that moment, you fell down the stairs, you were sobbing, you know, you say that was a pivotal moment. 
but it wasn't that what that really wasn't the pivotal moment right because you still you're like nope gotta go gotta go gotta get up gotta keep moving so when when was it that it changed for you when that that expectation kind of flipped over well uh it was the very next day because um i said that that's enough like we're, we're done so so yes it wasn't a pivotal moment in that moment right <laughs> But you had time it. to reflect on it. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there was some reflection. Good. Right. I'm like that, by the way. I'll be like, it's funny. People think I can't get mad, which, which I do, but all I need is a good nap and then I'm good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I slept on it and then I was fine the next day. All right. But the very next day I went to, uh, to the landlord in the second location and I said, listen, this is what's going on. I can't keep doing this. This, this is not working. This is not even really what we had agreed upon. Um, it just doesn't feel right anymore. I'm going to find you someone else. Um, I'm going to find you another tenant. I'm going to help you do that. But like, we're, we're done. And he basically said, no, no, nope, you have a five-year lease. Um, too bad. And I was like, uh, ex ex excuse me. <laughs> and, and he says, yeah, no, you have a five-year lease and that's too bad. And I said, well, but did you forget what you said when you know, when we shook hands, I never said anything. And I was like, are you kidding me? And he says, it's just business, sweetheart. You might as well get used to it. If you want to play in a big boy's world, you need to put your big boy pants on. <laughs> so people say they've never seen me mad. I think that day would have been a good day to videotape myself <laughs> just as evidence. Yeah. So it, it, that was the moment, like from, from the staircase to the, to that was like a, period of 24 hours. And I was, I was beside myself. I was just like, what now? So yeah, so yeah that's... I called you guys. Hey, we're going to move some pods late at night. <laughs> uh, yeah, you had, you rented a U-Haul. It was a giant yeah. U-Haul. We were trying to fit two of them in that one, one unit. It's in like, a snowstorm. <laughs> I don't think this is going to work. I don't think it's going to fit. You're like, no, no, it'll fit. We'll just have to take the tops off. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, they fit. They did. Yeah. And uh, I think you, we brought them out to your, you'd put one in your garage and I think one was in your house maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We brought them both in the garage actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because I knew that if, if, you know, if anything legal was going to happen, like I was going to have to pay back people. Like I needed, like not giving you all my assets. Like, no, no, you want to play dirty. Like I'll play clean, but in a way that's like, you know, everyone is fair. And yeah, if I owe you money legally, then I'll do that. But we're not we're not gonna play these games like no so yeah we we took you know our assets out of there and um and and i had found him a few good tenants but he would never get back to them in time he wouldn't like it was a complete disaster it, it was a yeah it was a disaster so then what what happened next <laughs> what happened next so what happened next is a glimpse of hope and, and a deep breath of like, okay, we're back to one location. Let's just hit the reset button and let's do this. Let's do this right. Let's let's not hustle and grind anymore. Let's just like, let's be smart. And so I contacted a lawyer and I had, you know, my accountant and everyone, they figured out a plan. We, we rebranded and it was gonna be our fresh start. Um, well, this landlord, served me papers and he was suing the company that had broken the lease legally it's his right he's allowed to do that made perfect sense my lawyers had kind of warned me that that might happen and no big deal 
so we the lawyers you know um offered him he was asking for significantly more than even just the remainder of the lease like he wanted leasehold improvements and like it was very clear that he was being unreasonable so so we counter offered you know and, and we offered him a significant amount of money to say here take like will you take this it'll give you pretty much a year to find another tenant and and let us you know let us be leave us alone and a few months went by we heard nothing and i thought okay well maybe maybe this is fine but subconsciously let's face it like it, it's a fresh start and it's exciting and my team's excited but like i know i'm just waiting for the net like as they were waiting for the shoe to drop like i'm yeah. i'm on eggshells and i'm like do I keep investing in this bit? Like, what do I do? What do I do? Do I, do like I cloud hide? over your head? Right. The whole time. Huge cloud. And keep in mind, I, my staff, they're my friends, right? This is their career. This is the, like, you know, the salary for their families. Like there's just so much pressure that I'm just holding it all, trying to hold it all together and, and just waiting. Um, and finally, the waiting game ended because I, I got served papers again, and this man was suing me personally. He assumed that I had inherited a lot of money after my dad had passed, and he figured that, okay, she just took the money from the business, put it to her personal, or like he, he was trying to figure out where I, I was hiding my money. The truth is, I, I had none. Like, the first year of operations, I paid myself maybe $10,000 salary. Like, I, I'd had no money, <laughs> but he thought I did. Um, and yeah, so he sued me personally. So he sued basically both my companies and myself personally. Um, so I had to bankrupt everything. And the sad part about that is, is I go back and I think, you know, you say this is just business and it's not personal, but you literally just made it personal because when you go personal bankrupt, like they literally, it, it is so invasive. Like they literally took everything my my child's college fund that my dad had saved up for him um savings account uh life insurance policy like everything it, it, it's like and, and again money aside it's this it's this sticky gross feeling of just you have to give them a list of everything you own. You have to, to submit everything you're spending to someone. Like you're being watched the entire time of this bankruptcy. So I had lost it all, but I still even wasn't free. And that was like, it, 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 was, it was the most horrible feeling ever. I can't imagine. Hmm. It's just... Like you said, like, I feel, I feel dirty Yeah. <laughs> just from yeah. listening to it. And I wasn't even <laughs> part of it. Like that's, I don't know, man. It is, you know, yes, they say biz business can be dirty and absolutely. Yeah. And I'm glad that I haven't really had to deal with that. I don't know. I feel very fortunate, but I know people have, and I don't want this to come off in a negative light, but if it was to happen to anybody, it's a good thing it happened to you. I, you, you have, there's something about you that you, I, I knew no matter what kind of storm you had to weather, I knew you would come out of it on the other side. It, it's like the, the story of the Phoenix rising mm -hmm. from the ashes. And so that's where I want to put the spotlight now. 
is what happened after that, that you rose up because you've, you've created a new empire now. And, and I want you to share that story. Yeah. So what came from all of that was a journey like I could have never even imagined. It was a self exploration journey. Um, so profound. I, there's like a saying like you need to die to self. Like I totally get that now because looking, looking back and looking forward, like, so when I say I lost it all, like when the bankruptcy and all that hit, I also lost a lot of friends, some that were really just friends because of my finances and my status, right? Um, but others truly by my part, like the employees that I had, um, that I then had to say, like, you know, unless someone takes over, like you don't have a job, like can't blame them for hating me. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that was where I learned a lot, even about leadership. It was like, okay, how can you be a better leader moving forward? Because you can't be besties with everyone. And, and there are certain leadership qualities that you need to develop. So studied a lot of that also studied a lot about it. It's interesting that you say if it happened to anybody, I'm glad it was you and, and you're not the first person to say that. So it, <laughs> I actually do still take that as a compliment. But I realized to what extent my entire personality was this personality of resiliency. And like, did I want to keep living this way? Um, I love that this is a podcast like resilient humans. Um, and I think there's this beautiful, happy middle in that is and I love that you said when you and Joanna were driving and you asked for the opposite of resiliency and she said comfort. And I was like, I, I love how you're like, I, I leaned back and I was like, mind blown and I'm, I'm listening to podcasts. I'm like, same. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like something happened there. But here's what I've realized is there's comfortable. And then there's resilient. And I think as human beings, we need to find a beautiful, happy place in the middle of all of that. Because for me, after all that came crumbling, and I was recovering from burnout, and then started doing a lot of like grief healing and trauma healing, and, and tons of things came to the surface for me, I realized the hustle wasn't it for me. I had to learn how to relax. I had to learn how to not make everything a business. I had to learn how, um, you know, uh, we're in the age of like the, the, your, you are your brand. Well, I had to learn like, yeah, but to a certain degree, like how do you find the gray zone in that? Um, had to learn also how to balance my energetics of like very masculine driven business, but like, there's a beautiful little feminine goddess in there as well, right? Like, and the goddess is messy and she's emotional and, and you know, she's not always, um, uh, she's not always politically correct. Like where, where is she in your world, Cindy? And, and I came to really explore polarities, right? Like there, there's an extreme on one end and there's an extreme on the other. And where do we fit in the middle? So, that journey over the last two, three years brought me to create what's what I've called the Zen Diva. And the Zen Diva is just that it's 
playing with polarities to see like if you're truly convinced of, of one thing, do you allow yourself to look at the shadow of it, at, at the opposite of it? And a lot of people are like, well, no, why would I do that? Well, because then if not, you're blindly following something. Like, can you look at the opposite of something to find where you fit in it? And if someone doesn't fit where you fit, can you not make them wrong for it? Because they're coming from their life experiences and their stories. So really it's, I've created, yeah, the, the new brand that I've created is all around that, all around playing with polarities. And like, can you admit when you, you're wrong? Can you admit when you've screwed up? Can you admit when you'd rather be comfortable than, than to be um, resilient? Like, can you just own that? Because if you can own that, I think you're still winning. It's like, I'm choosing to be comfortable right now. Not, I do not want to make this political at all, but <laughs> I, I, I see that in, in our world now where people get in these bubbles and that's, that's the only thing that they experience and they never look at the other side at all, especially over the last couple of years, it's been really amplified and it's, I don't know, it, it makes me uh, uneasy knowing that people aren't willing to step outside of their bubble at all. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where that comfort comes in, right? If, if you stay in your bubble, oh, it's comfortable. It's nice and warm. Nobody, nobody can hurt me in here, but it's, it's okay to go outside of that. I think that's what mostly what you're talking about is find, finding those things that are outside of that little bubble that you live in. And that's where you'll truly discover and find things about yourself that you may not have had the opportunity to do before. Yeah. Like, and, and the perfect example, like I used the example of the friends, like, you know, when my empire came crumbling, I lost it all. Like I, my relationship fell, my friendships fell, like everything. It was just, okay, what now? But when I play with these polarities, I can look at the role that I played in that, right? Like I can look at, okay, but you know, when you're hustling and you're working 24 seven and you don't have time for anyone, like you were a shitty friend. Like, and I can, and you know, I say that sometimes people want to comfort me like, no, but you did the best you could. And I'm like, no, don't comfort me. Like, I'm totally going to own that. Like during that time period, I was a very shitty friend. Okay. I had my moments of doing good things, but as far as friendship goes, I didn't have the, the energetic capacity, um, to hold space for people. Like I, I just didn't, if it was for business, great. I, all the time in the world, but if it wasn't, then I, I just didn't. So it's like to be able to look at ourselves in that light and say like, not to make ourselves wrong, but to look at like, this is an area where I, I can improve upon if I desire to. Like, this is an area where, you know, I've screwed up in the past, but like, what do I want my future to look like? So it's this beautiful balance of it all. How do you do that though? But I, I, I like, I pride myself on making this podcast practical. So I want, how would you do that? How would you advise somebody to be able to look at themselves and find that? How would you do that? So what I did, and it's, and it's funny because it's, <laughs> I'm unpacking right now the whole law of attraction thing. Cause it, it just, I'm breaking up with it if I'm being honest and you'll hear more about that on, <laughs> on my Instagram stories and stuff, but um, that it did still help me because I looked at who do I want to be? Not even become, because that's like, who do I want to become seems like 
far away in Never Neverland, right? Like it's just this this dream or this active imagination process, which is fine, but like it's not helpful for the now moment. So, okay, who do I want to be? And, and I sat down with a journal and I wrote, like, who do I want to be? Well, I want to be a mother who's present because I was always in my head. Although I was physically present with my my child, like a lot of times, I'd be in my head thinking business and just nodding my head, pretending I was listening. Now, as parents, sorry, side note, there's nothing wrong with that every now and then. Let's face it, we can tune out our kids. Oh, yes. <laughs> when you've heard, hey, look at this for the yes. thousandth time, and it's just her <laughs> lifting her arm in the air, you, no, it's right. over. I used to, I, oh, I got a kick out of like your reasons my kid cried today, like oh my God. <laughs> when you used to post those. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she started getting mad. Like she started developing like self-awareness uh, as she aged. And she's like, I don't like it. I was like, okay, we're done now. We're done with that now. We turned it into a book. <laughs> There's actual a book of pictures of all of those. But anyway. Oh, I love it. I love it. So those so make make a list. Like actionable steps, I would say sit down and like not with not with the influencers and, and the coaches and the mentors. And like I know it's ironic because we're both kind of coaches, but like take everybody else's perspectives and advice, tuck it on a shelf and sit with you and say, who do I want to be? What kind of human do I want to be for this experience on, on the planet, you know, in this lifetime, for those of you that believe in more than one lifetime. So I wrote that list. And what I realized was, interestingly enough, entrepreneur didn't even come up. Like, it's still something I desire. But if I looked at my core values, it was like, I want to be a mom who's present. I want to be someone who spends time in nature. I want to be a good friend. I want to be a friend who is able to uh, lend a hand when when someone needs help or lend an ear when someone you know just needs to vent. Um, I want to be a good daughter. Like I want my mom to know that she's important to me. She means a lot to me. I want to be a good sister. I have two older brothers, and you know we've we've had our our obstacles and. It's like I started writing down these things and, and looking back, I now see them as my core values. And I'm like, I had disconnected from so much of that. I want to be a good wife someday. Like I've been so many things. I've never been a wife. What a concept. So I wrote that down on there. So it's like writing down your core values. And, and it's, I wouldn't even call them desires because to me, desires feels like something, a goal you can achieve. To me, it, it's like, who do you want to be? be embody as a human being on this planet and then when you look at that you look at the shadow and the light so you look at where am i already that you know because you want to celebrate that you're already doing a lot of things but where am i not that or where have i not been that in the past and how can i what habits can i change what behaviors can i change how can i modify that and it doesn't have to be an overhaul, right? Like, because that can be overwhelming. But what little steps can you take towards that? I like what you said, how when you went through that, who do I want to be? And then looking at your list, did you link that? You Did you then create kind of core values? Or did you have those core values in mind as you were creating that list? How did How did that work for you? To be honest, I kind of just let it free flow because if I'm being very transparent, I had no idea what my core values were anymore. Okay. Like I, I just literally, it was like 
it felt like my whole life had had changed shifted everything i built so it, it's that's why now i'm even questioning certain things that used to be core beliefs i'm like why do i believe that and does that belief serve me or does it suffer me yeah so i'm going through this exercise actually like right now i've i love we it. start we started with um who has impacted you in your life the most so i came up mm. with three names and then we identified what their qualities were and looking for common themes amongst those three people who are completely unrelated. They don't, they don't know each other. So based on those, we've kind of boiled them down. Like some of them, there were some similarities like perseverance, determination, grit, resiliency, right? So we just boiled them down into what are the, what are the main ones? Mm. And then from that, it's, what do you, what do you do with those, those core values? You look at the behaviors that you're doing or that you're not doing. And then, like you just said, highlight the things that you're doing, keep doing them, don't stop. But then where, where are there some areas of improvement? I don't call them deficiencies. They just haven't been improved yet. So right. how, how can you identify those areas and, and start to improve? I think the best way to identify those areas of improvement are asking other people. And so I've done that recently. I asked my uh, business mentor, I said, how can I be a better mentee for you? And he gave me one actionable thing. I asked mm. uh, somebody here, I was like, how can I be a better employer for you? Well, here's what you can do. Great. Let's see which core value that lines up with. And then how can I make that a little bit better? I love that. And, and to be like, to be honest, if I look, I love everything you just shared. And when I think back of like my previous chapter, I would have probably done that, but I wouldn't have listened to the answers. Interesting. I'm like, screw them. They don't know anything. Right. Yeah. I, I can admit that now. Like that's where I was. I as as open and, and you know, it's funny because I was like attended every self-help seminar or every leadership seminar you can't imagine, but like I wasn't fully integrating what I was consuming. And, and I think a lot of people now, especially with like things like TikToks and reels, and it's like, how can we condense a super complex topic in 15 seconds or less to get people's attention? Um, we don't integrate information anymore. We're just consuming, consuming, consuming. And it's like, but that's irrelevant. You can be inspired and you can be uh, informed, but integrated, that's what creates change. And I realized that there are many areas in my life where I wasn't really integrating the things that were important to me. I think it's, I know my, one of my former guests, Scott Ramage mentioned it, but these are the types of conversations that help bridge that gap. Mm -hmm. I, I hope, and I, I wish, and I hear it. I hear feedback from people that listen to this and they're like, Oh, this really, you know, a light bulb went off or, you know, uh, I made this change. Like, Excellent. Yes. The plan is right. The plan is working. <laughs> the plan is working. What do we do but, tonight, brain? <laughs> but that's kind of the point. If, if people don't hear these, these stories or these conversations, if it's always the 15 second reel or, or TikTok video, that's to me, that's just entertainment. It's fluff, mm. right? This, these types of conversations are real and they have, they have meaning. They have value. That's the word. They have value. And so I'm excited to uh, 
inform my listeners that you will also be starting your own podcast. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and what, what that's going to be about and what they could expect from listening to you and your stories? Sure. So it's the Zendiva podcast and actually our first episode airs uh, this week. You are, you are my first podcast, like since the whole restart rebirth, like you're, you're even interviewing me before I do my own. So (laughs) this is really fun. Great. Um, but what we're going to talk about and, um, so one big part of my life is, um, spirituality. I, I've been involved and, and teaching and studying, uh, and embodying the spiritual lifestyle now for more than 20 years, um, to the point where it's like, I'm so curious that that's what that's another thing that brought me into studying massage therapy and science was like, okay, I, like, I don't want to be one of those woo woo people. Um, but, but I'm very intuitive. I'm very uh, like tons of things as far as like energetics and, and, and all of that, but I need to understand. So again, the polarities, right? If you're too far on one side, you study the other. So I'm seeing that common theme. And that's what the podcast will be about is bridging that beautiful gap between human and and spirit because um i noticed that in a lot of the up and coming spiritual i call them spiritual fluencers <laughs> um it, it's there's a lot of information that that's missing um there's almost even a shame in being human it's like well what did you like the story i just shared with you i shared it with you we had a real conversation if i shared it in a different they call them containers i mean is it tupperware is it rubbermaid let's find out um but if you share it in a spiritual container it would have been like okay but what did you do to attract that into your life because you were a vibrational match for that and sadly i used to spew this shit too sorry i said shit on your podcast am i allowed to say that <laughs> yeah absolutely um, <laughs> It's real here. But like, <laughs> these are things that I used to say too. So I think my podcast is going to shock a lot of people because I'm actually going to call out some of the stuff that I used to teach. <laughs> um, but I think it's important to bridge that gap. Yes, we, we're we're having a spiritual experience, of course, and and intuition is very real, energy is very real. I still believe in all of that, but like, let's not leave the human behind. Let's not leave like the beauty of raw emotions of community of looking someone in the eye um let's not gaslight people like that are they're going through hard times and trauma and we're going to gaslight them into like how did you attract that into your life like it just it just (laughs) like i can't even well i say i can't even put into words i better because i've got a whole podcast (laughs) about it (laughs) you better sleep but it's like (laughs) right yeah i might want to take a nap yeah so essentially that's what my podcast is going to be so season one is all around um what what brought me to this realization and what brought me to this realization is i realized that i had been in a cult before and i left and so season one is going to be all around dissecting that and what that means as far as you know spiritual beings having a human experience or humans having a spiritual experience which came first it's amazing love it i can't wait now before we end, I always have to end this. I ask one question and it is, what is one tip that you can give our listeners to help themselves build more practical resiliency in their life? Mm, Don't beat yourself up. 
don't make yourself wrong. All right. Now, I love it. How do you do that? Because that is way easier said than done. I know a lot of people that are listening. They're like, yeah, I know. That makes sense. And then they turn around and they go right back into their, their internal negative dialogue. Right. So I call it the inner critic, the, the, the voice inside your head. A lot of people, when the inner critic comes, they're like, shut up, just stop. And they, they fight with it right? Like they try to push it away. My advice is become your inner critic's best friend. Because when you become your inner critic's best friend, it starts to want to be your friend. So like, I ate chocolate. I said I wasn't going to eat chocolate and I ate chocolate. It's a silly example because I love chocolate. But <laughs> the inner critic says, oh, you're such a failure. You, how many times have you said you weren't going to eat chocolate and look at you scarfing down chocolate? You're such a loser. See, you never accomplish anything. Like we all, we're all very familiar with this voice, but instead of saying stop or leave me alone, say, okay, tell me more, tell me more. And, and it's like the way I I'm very visual. So the way I visualize it, it's like you're playing tug of war with your inner critic. Who's going to let go of the rope? So it's like, they're playing tug war. Okay, tell me more. I was like, uh, uh, well, you weren't going to eat chocolate. Like your inner critics eventually going to run out of things to say. Yeah. You already and said then, that. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really? Like you got anything else? Like, come on. You're like a toddler right now. Look at this. My arm's up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Like, so, and, and, and I mean, some would also say like your inner critic is kind of like your wounded inner child, but that's a whole other segment. Um, but you talk to your inner critic and you say, okay, tell me more. And then you tell your inner critic, no, this, no, I, I realize, but this is what we're going to do moving forward. Yeah. I realized I said I wasn't going to eat chocolate and I ate chocolate. Um, yeah. So why did you? Well, I was emotional. Oh, wait a minute. There's a cue. I ate it because I was emotional. So what could I do instead next time this happens or what? Like you start to, it, it's funny because I'm not, like, people joke that I have multiple personalities. I'm like, yeah, at least they're out. They're finally all getting along. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it, it's to get all the, vo you, we all have voices in our heads, but how can we make them all get along? How can we, you know, and at the end of the day, like we decide the narrative. So be like, yeah, you're right. Today I failed and I could beat myself up or I can, call a friend and tell them how I feel, or I can talk to my coach about it, or I can just tomorrow's a new day or whatever it may be for you. Cause it's going to be different for everyone, right? Because everyone's got different traumas and grief and life experiences. And, and so it's a very unique process. Um, but reach out to a friend or a coach or a therapist and, and, and tell them that this is something you want to do. Be like the inner critic in my head is very loud. Love it. I like what you yeah. said about being a toddler. What happens when you yell at a kid? They yell right. back louder and then yeah. it's just, it keeps going up and up and up. It gets getting elevated. What happens when you get down on their level and just start talking to them? Whoa, it slows things down. They have to start explaining themselves and then they start to realize, wait a second, this isn't what I was planning or expecting. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> They're yeah. confused. They're like, what? I think it, I, what you just said really described just slowing it down and mm -hmm. letting letting things kind of unfold and unravel. And then from there, make a decision. What's next? Yeah. And I think it's to have compassion for ourselves, right? Like 
to, to know that even the inner critic, like as much as our habits are on autopilot, I think a lot of our, that inner dialogue is also on autopilot. And I think that's why, and I'm still, I'm not anti-TikTok, by the way, I'm a huge fan. It's very entertaining, <laughs> I, you know, but I think that's why we, we scroll social media in that way so much is for that dopamine hit, because when we're doing that, that autopilot voice inside our head can't be chirping in our ear. So it's like, it's funny because my, my son still remembers like we would drive to and from massage school like two hours and, and sometimes he would just complain and complain and complain and be like okay just I just need a minute and then I would turn the radio up and so that's what we're doing with you know we just want to quiet down the, the the little voice in the back seat so we turn the radio up we we watch a video or like we we numb with you know all sorts of things food alcohol like whatever it may be but it's like, can you, as much as you create new habits, can you also create that new, those new thoughts, those new voices? Yeah. Awesome. Look, I hope a lot of people listen to this because there's been a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, gems and gold in here. So look, I, I appreciate you being so real, so raw on this for sharing your story. Uh, I know it's not easy to be vulnerable, especially to a vast audience that you may never even put a face to. Um, mm -hmm. So I appreciate you and all that you do. Uh, I wish you nothing but success in the future. Uh, and again, thank you for joining me on today's, uh, today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been a slice. And if this can help anyone, then that it makes it all worth it. Perfect. I'll share all your links in the, uh, in the show notes. So if uh, people want to get a hold of you, um, they'll know how. Sure. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe, and I'll see you next time.